0: Drop that motherfucker.
1: Recorded from the heart of the music city, Nashville, Tennessee.
0: What's his name? Fucking Shrek? Hey, man, every book is a children's book if the kid can
1: read. SoBros Network brings to you the SoBros Power Hour.
0: Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas looking for strippers and cocaine.
1: That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. Let the Sobrosnetwork.com team get you to your weekend faster. I just don't know how to express myself sometimes when I need to be properly different. This is the Sobros Power Hour Podcast. I'm going to
0: some booze. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust.
1: SoBros Nation, it is finally Friday. We are free again, getting our motors running for a wild weekend here on the SoBros Power Hour, episode 96 on deck for you today. And you know, we got our minds right. We got our asses tight, baby. That's how we roll here. I am the EIC at SoBrosNetwork.com, big natural Stony Keeley, joined on this week's episode by my usual co-host for the Unofficial Titans podcast. He is one take O cinderella man coming to us from the dad zone outspoken owen reed owen tgif my man how you doing on this fine fine friday uh afternoon morning where whatever fucking time it is hey everybody
0: hey stony i'm doing great on this fucking fine friday
1: <laughs> well we're a little late getting the power hour out this week uh truth be told we had some stuff scheduled for a very special episode that sounds like it's going to be dropped on Monday night. Now we're, we're going to see, you know, I don't like to announce things before they actually happen. So, uh, we'll just leave it at that. But I just happened to be telling Owen when we recorded this week's unofficial Titans podcast that, Hey, uh, the power hour fell through and he said, you know what? I'm up for it. Let's do it. Let's record it on Friday. And I said, well, hell yeah, man, that's, that's what we call making shit happening. What That's what we call making shit happen and getting shit done. So I commend you for, for your spirit to step up and make sure that um, our listeners don't go another week without a Sobros Power Hour, Owen. Thank you for doing that.
0: I'm not the step podcaster. I'm the podcaster that stepped up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. What have you been up to this week, man? Any, uh, any happenings around town?
0: Uh, no, I just stayed at home. I watched the Super Mario movie last night. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was fun from beginning to end.
1: Did you go, did you go see it alone?
0: No, I watched it at home on demand.
1: Oh, it's on demand already.
0: Yeah, I I, I felt like, you know, I could have seen in the movies, but I wanted to leave that to, you know, the children. They could have that experience. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to be around them uh, screaming and hooting and hollering here in my <laughs> super Mario.
1: <laughs> I, I wanted to get really fucked up and go see that movie in theaters and get the, get the theater experience when I'm like super drunk, you know, but I didn't do it because I couldn't work out a time to go with my wife. And I didn't, I didn't want to go alone because I felt like that's going to be creepy. If I'm just showing up by myself, um, because I look like a creep. I don't want to make, you know, we don't have to sugarcoat it at all, Owen. I know I look like a <laughs> creep with like my long shaggy hair, my my beard, my uh, beer gut, the way I dress, like flip flops and sleeveless t-shirts everywhere. That Somebody probably would have called the cops on me. And that's fine. You know, I, I don't object to that. But I really wanted to go see it. And I thought, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, nobody else can hear this. But my play was going to be, Tuesday night out here in Providence in the Mount Juliet Tennessee area they do like $6.50 movies on Tuesdays and I thought man last week would have been the perfect time Mario's been out forever at this point you would think all the children done seen it and I thought maybe I can go and I'll have the theater to myself and I'll just go to Foo Lin's Asian cuisine because all the other bars in the area have closed down that you can walk to the theater from I thought I'm just going to go and like have just slam like four shots of whiskey or something and then go see the Mario movie by myself on a Tuesday night. But I couldn't make it happen because um, I don't remember what popped up, but something something came through and I was able to record a podcast. And so I did that instead of going. So what do you what do you think? I mean, do you think the the drunk Mario (laughs) experience in the theater would have been worth it?
0: Oh, absolutely! You know, I had a couple of my Bud Lights uh, while I was watching it, made the experience that much more full. Uh, I thought of another reason, piggybacking off of uh, your "I can't go" because of the way I look. Uh, <laughs> and I, I know this is a, a a visual or not a visual. This is a an audio podcast, but uh, if anybody has ever seen me, I'm I'm a short, uh, olive skinned, thick. Uh, man with a mustache. If I go to the Mario movie, I might end up, you know, signing autographs and and I I don't need that in my life. You know, I just want to go out there and
1: see the movie, you know, (laughs) just wear your overalls to the movie. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I haven't, um, I haven't done much this week. Um it was Mother's Day yeah, on okay. Sunday and my mother's birthday was on Wednesday. So we got we got in a lot of quality family time this week. We took her out to uh, Smithville, Tennessee, that's where uh my grandfather and grandmother grandmother are from. Uh they were her parents. So we you know, we went and not to sound too morbid, but we went to went by to spend some time at their grave. Make sure that all the uh, the floral arrangements are still standing and, and looking good and all that. We ate at the family's favorite restaurant in town, and then we kind of just moseyed around the square in Smithville, Tennessee for a little bit. They got a bunch of little cutesy boutique shops up there now, some antique stores and stuff like that. So we had a nice little Saturday, came back through Lebanon, had some ice cream from Shop Springs Creamery, went to Harper's Books, used bookstore down on the square, it was awesome. Nice Saturday. We spent Mother's Day on Sunday with family. Um, my aunt and uncle have a place out in Smyrna. We had a big family cookout there. And then I cooked her pork chops for her birthday on Wednesday. So a lot of family time this week. A lot, um, lot of Sobro's work this week, too. There's been a lot of podcasts that have been recorded. Not all of them are available right now. But it's been a little too busy to, um, to really get out and about in the city. And I don't, I feel like I've kind of fallen out of touch with what's going on in Nashville this week, which is probably not a good thing considering this is a Nashville news podcast, but here we are anyway. So with that, Owen, let's get into our Nashville stories of the week. Something we didn't talk about on this week's unofficial Titans podcast, but I want to, I want to talk to you about per uh, Sobros Network. Building calluses, the Titans are getting to work. I don't know if you saw it, but the Titans put out a hype video this week of them hitting the sleds uh, at the workout facility, putting in what I called a sex workout. You know, like that type of workout you get in the day that you think you might be getting laid and you're like, you got to look good from all angles. So you're putting in a little extra juice at the gym. That's what it looked like to me. You had guys collapsing on the field, people were yelling. Mike Vrabel. Turns around, I don't know, somebody says, who says? And Mike Vrabel stands up real quick and says, says fucking me. They got to bleep it out, of course. But what do you think about the Titans putting in this level of intense workouts in in May?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, y'all better get ready. Uh, we got a yeah. season coming up, you know it. So go ahead and get on it in spring. You'll be good to go in the summertime. I I like it. I like it.
1: I love Traylon Burks is staying in town, too, and he's been working on his conditioning, too, because, I mean, they're going to need him to step up and be wide receiver one this season. What, what did you think about that, the fact that he admitted that he's been staying in Nashville and working, putting in extra hours with the strength and condi- conditioning staff?
0: And, you know, that very easily could be his, uh, uh, I don't know what season we're in, but he's a hunter. He's a fisher. He's a good old country boy. Yep. You know, you're taking it time away from the lake. You know, just that way he could be
1: that much better for y'all. And that might put a chip on his shoulder, too, because he says, you know what, y'all cost me my fucking lake time trying to get ready for this. I'm going to take this out on the AFC South. 200 yards a game against the AFC South this season. Calling it now.
0: I bet you uh, uh, Traylon Burks would look really good in our Big Lake Energy tank top, now available on SoBroShop.com. Hey!
1: Hey, how about that? How about that product placement? Um, seeing Mike Vrabel getting out there and running these drills with players. Um, do you think I I I happen to think Mike Vrabel is not the type of guy you'd want to start a scrap with? How do you think you'd fare in a in a fight against Mike Vrabel?
0: I mean, I'm not going to fight fair. I'm going for the eyes or balls. <laughs> so, uh, it's what you, you got to do a straight up boxing match. I'm out. He's, he's got big dad bear energy.
1: Oh my God. That's the perfect way of putting it. And it just like that, um, that alpha mentality just oozes out of this man. Like I, I have stood, uh, across the fence from him before at, um, wherever they practice and he's an imposing figure. So I can only imagine him out there on the, uh, the practice field, just kind of shouting orders and shit like that. It's kind of, Kind of intimidating. Talked about this as a sex workout, the the shape that these guys have to be in, and I get the philosophy. You heard Daniel Brunskill talk about it. Sean Murphy Bunting talked about it a little bit in the press conference. Is like you want to be fresh in the fourth quarter, and the only way that you get that, get that way, and get in that kind of shape, to where you're not tiring out at the end of games or at the end of the season come December, January, everybody's beat up and tired, but you're still strong. You're still fighting is to put in the conditioning work now. And and from here on out, have you ever been in that kind of shape though? Like what these guys are doing
0: in NFL shape?
1: Yeah. (laughs) No,
0: I can't say I've never, I've never been in as good a shape as a professional athlete.
1: Yeah, man. I, you know, in my glory days, I, I, I was pretty close to it. Okay i I ran a four nine forty in college sub five sub five not fast enough to play in the n f l but i I can remember days when I was putting in like six hour workouts back when I was in college. It didn't help that I would then follow that up with you know five whoppers at the Burger King. It's probably why I'm in the shape that I'm in now, but I don't know, man. Watching this video kind of had me yearning for the good old days. I'm kind of like, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe we can get the SoBros Network team out there hitting the sleds and see what kind of content we can come up with that.
0: I, I will loudly cheer from the sidelines. I'm out.
1: <laughs> you ain't getting involved in that, huh?
0: No, I'm good. I'll, I'm not trying to push nothing. I don't have to. <laughs>
1: Well, our next Nashville story of the week, also written about on SoBrosNetwork.com, restaurants we want to share with Guy Fieri. Did I pronounce that correctly? Is it Fieri?
0: Yeah, but I don't think anybody's going to get mad at you over Fieri. We get it.
1: Okay. All right, cool. Well, the Daily Mail published an article titled, The 11 Best Nashville Restaurants Featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, they mentioned uh, the Grilled Cheesery is among them, Pie Town Tacos. I'm not going to read all 11, but you get where I'm going here. They, they picked from the places that Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives has been to, and they said these are the 11 best of them. I take some issues with this list personally, um, but I wanted to bring this to the table. Big Guy Fietti fan, I am. I wanted to ask you, if you could name one restaurant for Guy Fieri to try in Nashville to bring diners, drive-ins, and dives to that he hasn't already, which would it be?
0: Oh, it's, uh, it's Wendell Smith's, no doubt. Oh, man.
1: I forgot about Wendell Smith's, man. That's old Nashville right there. I can remember being a kid when I was sick and couldn't go to school, but my parents didn't have options for me. They just put me in the car with my dad and I would go camp out at a paint and body shop all day (laughs) while I was sick. We would go to Wendell Smith's for lunch and so good, man. I'm so happy that they're, they're still, uh, they're still out there and thriving these days. What's your go-to order at Wendell Smith's?
0: Oh, I don't know. If I have a go-to necessarily, because the menu is always revolving. It's a meet and three, So yeah. every day you get different options. It's kind of like, a, you know, it's it's like eating at the house. What's for dinner tonight, Wendell? I don't know. Let me give you the menu. Here's your option. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm with it. For some reason, I remember them having a really good, like, Salisbury steak. And I also, there's a core memory of mine at Wendell Smith's because that I believe was the first time I saw somebody with an eye patch in real life. I was in like first grade and we went in there and there's some man sitting there with an eye patch and I couldn't stop staring. And I remember uh, asking my dad if that was real. And he was like, yes, son, that's, that's real. Please stop staring at that man. Let him enjoy his meal in peace.
0: Was he a pirate?
1: He was not a pirate. No, it just, he was injured. (laughs) He had suffered, suffered an unfortunate injury. So
0: it could be both.
1: Well, that's true. I don't know. I, you know, who's to say, maybe that's why my dad just didn't want me talking to this guy or bringing it up. He's like, son, we don't know if that's a pirate. He might take out a sword and start swashbuckling you.
0: Ransack the village, that kind (laughs) of shit.
1: Absolutely. My answer to this question was going to be Dino's. Have you ever been to Dino's out in East Nashville?
0: Oh yeah, good
1: burger. One of the best burgers in town. I I'm still dying to get out there and try their uh their hot chicken, but Dino's to me feels like one of the few places in town that like that's that's real Nashville right there. That's not some touristy bullshit. That's real Nashville right there. I also submitted Brown's Diner for the same exact reason. Really good burger, old Nashville. So That's it. Story number 3. Per the Tennessean, work starts on new East Nashville Beer Works expansion site in Lebanon with an event planned. From the story, work is underway in Lebanon on a second East Nashville Beer Works production facility and tap room that will carry on the original location's full food menu I love East Nashville Beer Works. I had them for the first time in December. It was our boy, Pat Artis of the Quick Sixer podcast. It was his birthday. So, me and him and uh, Brittany Fernandez got together and we did the Brew Hop Tour, which is just a trolley that carries you around from brewery to brewery on the east side of town. East Nashville brew Works, Beer Works, excuse me, I keep making that mistake. East Nashville Beer Works was one of my favorite stops. They had a really good pumpkin beer. I don't remember what everything else was that we tried. I had like five beers there, um, and I was I was drunk that day. I mean, it was my wife had to come pick me up downtown, and then when she saw the state of Brittany and Pat, uh, she also volunteered to take them home so that everybody got home safely, and uh, and we did. We did that, so it was a great day. I'm stoked about this, man. Ryan and I have been talking about the brewery scene east of Nashville for for quite some time now. There's nothing like it. I'm grateful for Cedar City Brewing opening up on the town square in Lebanon. That's a great spot. Check out video review, written review, SoBrosNetwork.com and the SoBros YouTube channel. We've talked about that. I'm happy to see another brewery coming out here so that I don't have to go back downtown. I know you're a Bud Light guy. So I'm not going to ask you to list your Mount Rushmore of East Nashville Beer Works beers. But I just kind of want to ask you, in, in general, what's the brewery scene out uh, in your part of town, out west of town? I know you got Tailgate over there off of Charlotte, but uh, good, good beer scene where you're at?
0: Yeah, I think Tailgate's the only one that I could think of around the west side.
1: But that's the crown jewel uh, of Nashville breweries, if you ask me, man. Big brewery. I love tailgate selection. They've always got some good flavors, some good new stuff they're cooking up. And then that view from the backyard, man, go out back and just take in the hills of Tennessee, smoke a cigar if you got one, throw some, some frisbees around. They got a disc golf hole set up there. That's my favorite brewery in town.
0: I mean, it's a classic, and we're getting close to, like, the summertime. They show movies on, like, I don't, I don't remember what night they do it, but I'm sure they'll announce it. Uh, but you can go there, watch a good movie outside, have a nice beer, get a good pizza. It's a great place to be.
1: Oh man, you gotta you gotta go to pizza at tailgate.
0: Oh uh, nope.
1: I love the hot honey pizza. I don't know if you've tried Ooh. that, but it's like pepperoni, jalapenos, uh, some sort of like hot sauce, and then it's drizzled with honey over the top of it. Man, that's that's good shit right there. Happy to see that those of us outside of downtown Nashville are uh, are starting to get some some good options there, too. So that's, that's good news. Story number four, our Nashville Stories of the Week, comes to us courtesy of News Channel 5. Nashville fan becomes a security guard to get into Taylor Swift's The Era's Tour. That's right. We're still talking about Taylor Swift here. Uh, first of all, I, I want to give you the opportunity, Owen, because... I had maybe the biggest Taylor Swift hater I know on the Sobros Power Hour last week. You might be uh, the biggest Taylor Swift fan that I know. Would you like to offer a rebuttal to Stephen McCash's hatred of Taylor Swift? Or Taylor Swift's fans, I should specify.
0: There's going to be some people that you meet in life uh, that don't enjoy other people's happiness. (laughs) <laughs> and that's out of your control. I mean, what can you do other than just keep on smiling? And Swifty fans were smiling for a whole weekend. I'm glad that she came. I went uh, to the Saturday show. Thank God. I wouldn't have made it through that Sunday show whew, when she played till 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> but had a blast. It was great. Uh, and everybody else that, you know, is
1: hating from outside the club can kick rocks. There you go. There you go. Do you you like that, Stephen McCash? Let's talk about this security guard. This is from News Channel 5, the story. Determined to make his dream of seeing Taylor Swift a reality, he decided to apply, apply for a job as a security guard at the event. He got the job, and it allowed him to experience the concert front and center. Owen, do you like Taylor Swift enough to go be a security guard just to get to the show?
0: Man, I don't know if I'm ready to pick up like another job just to see her. Uh, <laughs> I do love, you know, but I I, I admire this guy's hustle.
1: Yeah, that's you ingenuity.
0: Know, he got a whole W two for that shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: for real. Do you? I I the question I have is like, I know it was for the event, but you know what? If you actually have to do some securing, I mean, I I don't know. To so, me, you know, like. I still I think of the risk. The
0: guys that work, I, I don't know if you've seen the guys that work security at <laughs> uh, these events. They're they're not bodyguards. Well, they're, uh, they're not jumping in front of bullets for anybody. <laughs>
1: well, touche, touche. I, I'm they're always like,
0: hey man, get off the wall. Hey man, you're too drunk. <laughs> Stop yelling. That kind of it's more of a hall monitor situation
1: okay okay, yeah you're right it's It's been a while since i I think I've been to a show that's actually had security, so I might have just lost touch a little bit with that, but i you know me, like I'm always thinking of every possible scenario, and sometimes I just kind of gravitate to the worst case, like I'm thinking you know you just signed up to be this security guard, and the next thing you know, like somebody's getting stabbed in the crowd, and you gotta go step in and do something about it. I don't know, I don't know, is that's it like worth
0: an it? Neeson movie? <laughs>
1: Maybe it is, maybe it is. Also, this guy said, and I quote, "My wife jokes that I sing Taylor Swift songs with such passion for someone who's never been broken up with. And now I I hate this man as somebody that has what? been broken up with several times. How do you how do you go through life never having been broken up with?
0: What a douchebag." Uh <laughs> way to rub it in my heart's never hurt before <laughs> yeah. that that's insane also he's probably just lying
1: yeah that's true too yeah i don't know like i look i look back at my run and i'm like damn i only i've only done the breaking up once in my life <laughs> every other time has been uh thanks but no thanks and or um i've been cheating on you so you know what Maybe that's just bitterness on my part. Maybe I should be happy for this guy and let those let those feelings go.
0: I don't know. Some people say, uh, "No rain, you don't appreciate the sun." So, has this man ever tra- truly felt love without feeling heartbreak?
1: Boom, boom. You know, maybe maybe you're onto something there. Maybe this guy is full of shit because everything seems to be just coming up roses for him. Never been broken up with. Can't get tickets to Taylor Swift? No problem. I'm just going to be a security guard. And you know what? The people running security are like, yeah, okay, you can do this. and Just get right on into the show. So I don't know. Maybe you're on to something. The last story.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go Sorry. Ahead. You got a final thought No, here. by all
0: means. You put a, you put a beautiful bow tie on it and I'd like to leave it at that. Okay. all
1: right. Final Nashville story of the week, news channel five, the Nashville scene, a lot of local outlets are putting out the, the list of people that are running for mayor. It is, uh, come and do, you know, we're going to have a new mayor in Nashville soon. And there's a long list of people running for mayor, but I want to ask you, Owen, if you were the mayor of Nashville. What would be your first order of business?
0: Oh, sorry, buddy. The overrun bucket was running.
1: Oh shit! You need to you need to grab it.
0: Uh, yeah. Just give me one second.
1: Yeah, don't don't sweat it. Go oh. go after it.
0: It always hits at the worst time.
1: <laughs> no problem.
0: knows no working.
1: Boom!
0: All right. From the top, let's start the whole podcast
1: over. (laughs) The whole thing, the whole thing. Okay. So the question was, hang on now. I I took a deep breath. I'm going to burp. There we go. Okay. The question was, if you were the mayor of Nashville, what would be your first order of business?
0: Uh, we're no longer this uh, tourist capital anymore. We're, we're we're reclaiming Nashville's identity away from the bachelorette parties and the pedal taverns and the downtown chaos. Uh, we're becoming uh, good old country. Uh, you know, the heart
1: of music, we're bringing it back. I like it. You've got my vote. My campaign slogan, my first order of business, I'm going to bring Applebee's back to the mid-state, okay? Right now we have Let's one. Go. It's in the Berry Hill location, but we used to have them in Hermitage, in Lebanon, all over the place. Bellevue. Bellevue used to be any part in the any part of the midstate. You were not too far from an Applebee's. So, first order of business, I'm bringing Applebee's back to the to the midstate, and my campaign slogan is going to be "Make Nashville Applebee's again."
0: You got my vote. I'm I'm rescinding uh my campaign in order to support stoney's applebee's campaign
1: well it's too bad because i've rescinded my campaign to vote for your let's make nashville old nashville campaign so now we got a we got a good old-fashioned standoff no you win no you You win win. (laughs) all right let's expand our scope and talk about some stories from around the world uh, today, another story that I wrote about on SoBrosNetwork.com. Apparently, Owen, oh, I didn't know this. You're not supposed to fish with a gun. Now, that this is raised because of an issue in Kansas where a guy got in trouble for just shooting a 9 millimeter into a body of water trying to catch fish. First of all, I, I mean, how do you... I, I don't know. Fathoming the idea of fishing with a gun, like, is... I don't know much about guns, so maybe this is just my ignorance showing. But if you actually hit a fish with a bullet, is it not just gonna like basically blow the sm- the fish to smithereens? Like, what's left after you've you've hit a fish with a nine millimeter? I I don't. I'm just asking out of curiosity. Do you know anything about this?
0: Yeah, no. I I think you're spot on right there. Uh, that fish would explode. <laughs> that's
1: kind of what I'm thinking, but also, you know, the, the bullets can ricochet off the water and, uh, boy, I tell you what, if you tagged somebody because you're shooting a gun into a pond and it just bounces around and, and you end up taking out a, a little old lady or something, man, that's going to be something you're going to have to live with. You know, I, I don't know. I think I'm kind of on the side of. Maybe it's not the best idea to shoot guns into body of water. Where where do you stand on this issue?
0: Yeah, I agree. What's the point? You're not really fishing. Uh, there's better, safer places to shoot a gun. Uh, overall, just dumb. Think better.
1: Think better. Yeah, I don't know. How do they do shit in Kansas? Where people wasn't Kansas the same place that they were firing guns into the tornado? Well,
0: how else were you going to
1: beat it? Fair enough. I mean, sometimes, listen, you got to give your best shot regardless of whether it makes sense or not. Sometimes it's all you got.
0: And then I'll bet you that tornado won't come back again.
1: <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just got distracted because my phone lit up and it's um, it's a meme. People, I post my meme threads on Twitter every day. And now people just text me and DM me and send me memes all the time. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I just, I got to learn not to check my phone when we're recording a podcast because I'm just laughing at this um, <laughs> this meme that uh, Easton Freeze of Broadway Sports just sent me that is a comparison of the size of Peppa Pig against the size of Charizard. And apparently Peppa Pig is like much bigger than Charizard. I'm going to send this to you. And i will probably going to post it in my uh my thread today but that's uh that's the reason i'm distracted so great great podcasting on my part
0: i always thought peppa was pretty small
1: i thought so too a a child i thought so too maybe just an isle of giant pigs or something i don't know or maybe charizard's just a lot smaller than we thought but literal fucking dragon so i mean forgive me for thinking he was massive i don't know that's a whole different debate we can <laughs> we can get to get into at a later time. This is uh this came from the dark futurology subreddit which I I love and hate because it's really interesting but also kind of sad. Per MSN, Startup Telly plans to give away 500,000 free 4K TVs this year. The catch, the sets have a second screen that constantly shows you ads. So this is the way of the future, baby. This is just nonstop content and advertising and all that stuff. They're just going to build it directly into our our stream of conscience. The 55-inch main screen is a regular TV panel with three HDMI inputs and an over-the-air tuner plus an integrated soundbar. The Telly TVs don't actually run any streaming apps that let you access services like Netflix, Prime Video or Disney Plus. Instead, they're bundled with a free Chromecast with Google TV adapter. What's new and different, the unit has a 9-inch high second screen affixed to the bottom of the set, which is real estate that Telly will use for displaying news, sports scores, weather or stocks or even letting users play video games. And critically, Telly's second screen features a dedicated space on the right-hand side that will display advertising, ads you can't skip past, and ads that stay on the screen the whole time you're watching TV and even when you're not. Uh, To me, Owen, this feels like we're on the darkest timeline right now, but for you, a free 4K TV, the only catch being that it's just going to play ads nonstop, Uh, are you in or are you out?
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I'm out, but not for the reason that you think. You know, uh, the second screen advertisements, whatever, that's fine. But all you get is like Chromecast? Yeah. No, I mean, no. I'm on the opposite (laughs) end of that spectrum. I'm, uh, call it entitled, if you will, but I I will pay to skip ads. I will DVR stuff so I don't have to watch commercials. Mm. Uh, I hate commercials. Uh, so no, this sounds terrible. Get your half a TV away from me.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with it, but I also just like from a philosophical standpoint, uh, a man of principle that I am, um, it just kind of feels predatory. It's like these companies that are paying money to just have your attention all the time. And I feel like that's part of the reason that lust for those ad dollars is why, you end up in situations where social media platforms are programming their websites, their platforms to keep you engaged. And the more engaged you are, the more screen time you're racking up, the less time you have to just go enjoy a beer on the back porch, watch the sunset, touch grass, if you will. So from a principal standpoint, I'm out. Keep your free fucking 4k TV telly. And while you're at it, you can kiss my entire butthole
0: the whole, not even just your butt.
1: No, you got to get in there. You got to get in there for trying to to sell me this shit. Mm. Uh the this we're going to go to Australia for this next story. This is a fucking wild one from the Canberra Times. Oh gosh, my um brother-in-law in law is going to uh drill me for saying that. He's he's an Aussie and I don't know how to pronounce this uh this city. Nonetheless, Bouncy castle King jailed for burning down rivals this is i i can't I can't tell if I love the energy or if it terrifies me, Owen, because this guy his name's James I'm not gonna attempt to pronounce his last name out of respect for this man that burned down a bunch of jumping castle houses. James had a burning desire to be number one in Melbourne's jumping castle game and his plan to bounce to the top had worked so far after paying.
0: Hang on, I got to stop you right there, Stoney. That was two shitty puns to start us off. (laughs) Listen,
1: I'm reading from the story.
0: (laughs) Oh no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying this is, this is, you know, some hee-haw bullshit journalism.
1: (laughs) Take it up with the Canberra times. (laughs) <laughs> send him,
0: send I'll, him I'll let them know
1: after paying arsonists, they make it sound like an arsonist is just something you can find in the yellow pages or something. Boy, I'm dating myself with that reference huh? do people even know okay. what the yellow pages are these days?
0: I don't think they even deliver them anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe I should say pe- they make it sound like people can just Google arsonists and just call them up and have them out like a pest control or something. I don't know. Anyway, After paying arsonists to set fire to competing bouncy castle businesses, his company Awesome Party Hire. (laughs) What What a company name, by the way, Awesome Party Hire. They now ranked number one on Google. His business was so successful he had been able to purchase property for the first time in his life. But he became worried that police would notice that his own factory was still standing. His business would have to be next. He called his arsonist for hire. Craig and showed him through this kangaroo flat factory pointing out his jumping castle and saying he would fill up some empty Jerry cans with petrol. I don't, this might as well be a foreign language to me. I don't know what a Jerry can is or (laughs) petrol. I'm guessing they're just spraying gas all over the place. And on March 6th, he poured the petrol across the floor of the shed and set fire to it. As it became engulfed, his wife and son were in a nearby house the shed was insured for hundreds of thousands of dollars, which Jacob planned to pocket. Three days later, Craig, the arsonist, was arrested. And he just mentioned, just flat out named Jacob as the instigator of the fires. Like, no fu- no fight, no fuss whatsoever. Just immediately, he's like, yeah, James made me do it. James asked me to do it. And now he's in jail. The instructions were, burn them to the ground. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this, Owen, because part of me is like, hey man, you shouldn't be burning down uh you shouldn't be burning down warehouses to um promote your your bounce castle business. But at the same time, I'm kind of like this man is so fucking petty that he did all of this crime, burned down all these houses over some bouncy castles. What do you what do you make of this business strategy of just burning down the, uh, burning down the literal businesses of your competitors.
0: Yeah, man, this is, uh, like some breaking bad kind of shit going on in the, in the bounce castle game. I didn't know it was that competitive over
1: there. I didn't either. I didn't either. Oh man. A lot of children's parties going on. What do you think of the, uh, the, the company name, awesome party hire
0: Uh, a little on the nose. Uh, (laughs) you know, don't, I know I'm going to have an awesome party. Don't spell it out for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there. So that's, that's a wild story. Got another, uh, sad story to wrap up our around the world. We're, we're coming back to the States for this one. Courtesy of ABC news. Oscar Meyer renames iconic hot dog on wheels to the Frank mobile. (sighs) The wiener mobile is no more. The name change is the 27 foot long hot dog vehicles. First in nearly a hundred years. Kraft Heinz, the parent company of the Cold Cut brand, said in a press release that the new name pays homage to the brand's 100% beef franks as it debuts a new tasty recipe that is more flavorful than ever. Owen, what do you think about them ditching the name Wienermobile?
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good all-beef frank, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm never calling it the Frankmobile uh not with a gun to my head I would <laughs> <laughs> That's a wiener mobile. Come on, grow up.
1: Not not if Jacob in Australia threatens to burn down your house to promote his bouncy castles, will you admit that that's the the Frank mobile? Also, when I hear Frank mobile, I'm thinking like Frank from Succession. I'm thinking like a person, a dude named Frank. You know, this is, I don't I don't know I mean, do you ever call them franks? Like you're at the ballpark, you're watching a Nashville SC game over in Geotis Park, and you're like, mm, "I could go for, I could go for a, a hot beef frank right now." No, it's a hot dog. It's a wiener. I could go for some wiener right now. I can't tell you how many times I've said that <laughs> sitting in the stadium at the ballpark. Nobody calls them franks, so. Look, you try-
0: and to be fair, Stony. No one calls them wieners either, but we like calling oh. it that because it looks like a penis.
1: <laughs> oh, my bad. That's okay. I thought everybody did that. It's just me. I'm So I'm the only one saying that I'm craving wieners in the stands at baseball games.
0: You might not be the only one, but you're the only one that means that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are at our uh, new weekly segment, Am I the Asshole? this one, I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you think about it. I try to pick ones that are kind of ambiguous, but this one to me is pretty cut and dry. And, uh, I just want to bring it up as a reminder for people not to be assholes. So am I the asshole for having a car towed from my parking spot? My friends and I got into a debate today over an issue that came up during a get together. We live in a relatively pricey apartment complex, high rent, fees for everything, that whole deal. We have one free parking spot, which is always occupied by our car. We pay $50 a month for an additional parking spot that we use for our guests since we host get-togethers frequently. In addition, it's a $30 fee for a mandatory placard that is required to hang in the car. So $80 a month total for parking. Some of our guests, friends, family are disabled and the spot we pay for helps them access our place easier. Cue the situation. Today is friend dinner day. My friend who has mobility issues and is disabled calls me to tell me our $80 a month spot is occupied. We wait in case it's a delivery or courier driver. 30 minutes passes by. It's clear this person isn't leaving. We've already wasted half an hour of our time. I say screw it and call the tow company. I'm disabled myself, so this situation caused me issues as well. The tow truck gets here, and it's some lady with kids screaming at the tow truck guy. He leaves with her car after a large traffic jam and some audience watching the fiasco. I think I did nothing wrong. I work my butt off to pay for a spot I use a lot. I'm tired of entitled people thinking they can just get away with stuff, especially taking things they don't pay for. Two of my friends think that I went too far. I disagree. Am I the asshole, Owen?
0: Uh, Am I supposed to feel bad for this rich prick having first world problems? Somebody took your parking spot one day and you towed them? What a (laughs) dickhead.
1: Oh, man. I don't care about
0: the mobility issues. I don't care that you paid for the spot. Like, dog, that's insane. If this was like a repeat issue where, like, man, every day, the same guy's parking here and I've had to talk with them. Like, that's my spot. You can't do that by all means, tow them. But like, bro, your dinner party couldn't have that one spot that one time because this mother with her kids decides to park there probably didn't pay attention. You know, I don't know. I don't feel bad for this asshole. It's
1: the fact that they're disabled and it helps ease of access to the apartment does nothing for you.
0: Not a damn thing. like, Bro, you're right there, you know. I don't know. I feel like something could have been figured out that one time. Uh, Towing somebody after 30 minutes is crazy.
1: I I tend to agree with you. I I think that I go uh, maybe try to find out what's going on, maybe trying to figure out, just, you know, talk to people and saying, like, hey, uh, you know, would you mind moving? This is my spot that I pay for. I get it. And there's a part of me that would be like, yeah, I would want to remind people like this is my shit. But if I were in that situation, I don't think I'm calling to have somebody towed after 30 minutes. I think I might be like calling management, maybe letting them handle it. Maybe, you know, I don't know. This just kind of seems really knee jerk to me. Like
0: It's very, very upper class. Get this out of my spot. This colonizer over here buying parking (laughs) spot uh, is trying to draw this pitiful situation. I'm not buying it either. In the same way that I'm not buying the Taylor Swift security guard story, I'm not buying this guy's story. I think this asshole just wanted to have his spot that he thinks he owns because he pays 80 bucks for it. And, I mean, he, he does. It's his spot, I guess. But I also don't feel bad for him that somebody took it one time.
1: Fuck him. I, I, I bring this up as, um, as a way to just remind people like, Hey, let's, let's just fucking chill out there. Okay. Let's just chill. That's all. That's all I'll say. All right. So we are at our closing icebreaker for this week's power hour. Uh, I want to ask you, we're about to crown a new world heavyweight champion in the WWE. They brought the the belt back or the title back. The belt is different. I think the belt looks pretty slick myself, but I want to ask you, Owen, uh, who is the greatest world heavyweight champion of the WWE era? And this is specifically since the belt was reintroduced in 2002.
0: So I had to put some thought into it. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, who I took out of contention. Uh, you know, triple H was the first one to have that world heavyweight championship in WWE, uh, but Triple H also did a lot of slick shit throughout his career uh, to get that. He was handed the title; it was gifted to him, literally, uh, literally. Yeah. You know the the next uh, person that came to mind was Edge, uh, mm-hmm. but Edge also did a ton of slick shit to get that. Like he cashed in on Undertaker. He cashed in on uh, who else did he cash in on?
1: Oh man, I don't know. Cena, but Cena. No, that was yeah. the WWE well, title. That was title. the WWE
0: yeah. title. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, you know, a lot of shenanigans going on on his end. When I go, who is the, uh, the guy I think of when I think of the prestigious WWE world heavyweight champion, I'm going with Batista.
1: Oh man. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Well, I I have a caveat. I think there's two, two separate discussions between who is the best and who my favorite is. My favorite is Batista, man. That was the first example of that title really making a guy, a superstar, and then a a new guy kind of adding to the prestige of the title, like that symbiotic relationship between a superstar and icon and a championship belt, man. I loved his shit when he was champion. That feud with Triple H was awesome. He had some great matches with the Undertaker, really carried the SmackDown brand for a while. I'm a huge Batista fan. He's probably, I'd say he, he is probably my favorite superstar of the ruthless aggression era, him or edge. I like those two, but then I, I, there's an, a side of me that kind of respects triple H's run as like the first world heavyweight champion at the time I hated it. I'm like, what was it called? The reign of terror, the reign of terror where he was just beating everybody. But in hindsight, I kind of get like putting the belt that specific belt, on Triple H, a guy that was going to go have good matches and uh be reliable in a time when the state of the roster was kind of in flux. Like I think that that reign of terror did a lot to establish the credibility of that title. So I think there's two different answers for me, but I'm with you on Batista, man. Any uh any other honorable mentions that you'd you'd talk about in this discussion?
0: Um I really liked it when King Booker had the title. That oh, me great. too.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, Shout out to the Great Khali. He wasn't a good wrestler, but damn it, it was entertaining when he had that belt for a little while.
1: That was nuts, man. Remember when they did that big gimmicky cage match and they had to pull him from the match because they were afraid he was going to hurt Taker, so it ended up being Taker and Big Show in a gimmick match designed for the Great Khali? Punjabi prison match. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah. And
0: there's there. I think they've done it like, three or four times and there hasn't been a single good match
1: yet (laughs) it's awful it's awful every time um i want to shout out uh nashville native sheamus i thought he had a really good run back in 2012 really good series of matches with daniel bryan and the big show and of course we haven't even mentioned the undertaker who was the conscience of smackdown for all those years so good title do you have a preference seth rollins aj styles one-on-one to crown the new world heavyweight champion you have a you have a guy you're you're rooting for in that one
0: well i thought and this is kind of from a technical standpoint but i thought it was weird that they announced like it's going to be a raw championship and we're going to have guys from smackdown and raw compete for it yeah so like in my head like if aj wins does he go to raw does uh Does Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson and Mia Yim follow them? I feel Mm. like there's too much going on with that. So I'm going with, uh, in my gambling odds on this fake sport, Uh, I'm going with (laughs) Seth Rollins on this, just uh, on logistics alone.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to tack on that that man's been putting in work the past couple of years. Like, He's been away from the title picture for a while and he's just he's putting out banger after banger no matter who they put him in there uh, against. Omos, good match. Logan Paul, great match. The man, the man deserves to be among the grand pantheon of world heavyweight champions in wrestling history. So that's going to do it for this week's power hour. Owen, you got any parting shots before we get on out of here? Nope, I'm good to go. All righty. All righty. We'll remind our listeners where they can find you on social media.
0: Uh, I'm not publicly on social media, but if you could hit up the Sobros Patreon and check out LMA Owen, my comedy podcast. Boom. Uh, we got the first episode up, and we've got three more in the can, or not in the can, but on the way in production yeah. as we speak. Be on the lookout for those.
1: It's a great show. It's a fun show. It is one of a myriad of shows you can get on the Sobros Patreon where we are doing our best to go above and beyond to deliver value for your $5 a month. Patreon.com slash Sobros Network. I am at Stony Keeley on Twitter, at Sobros Network on all major social media platforms. Of course, all of our work is up at SobrosNetwork.com. All of our merch, including the Big Lake Energy that uh, Owen mentioned on this show, is up at SobroShop.com. Subscribe to the Sobros Power Hour on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Wherever you take in your shows, we are out in these internet streets, baby. We ain't hard to find. Give us a rating and a review whenever you have a moment. That's how we get better, and we always want to be better for you guys. For One Take oh Cinderella Man, Outspoken, Owen Reed, I am Big Natural Stoney Keely, and until next time, You stay classy, Nashville.